So now we're going to the deeper level. We're talking about his baidadis. His baidadis. And people think that his baidadis means personal prayer. Just speaking to Hashem from your heart, whatever comes to your heart. But we said that's actually not what his baidadis is. His baidadis is being alone, isolation. And the purpose of his baidadis, the first purpose is to be able to go deeper into yourself, to not be living in your mind and your thoughts and your staff and your and not even living in your heart but go deeper and deeper and deeper and actually reveal your soul and your soul is your real I, your real self in fact the first thing we say every morning is Maide Ani Maide Ani which some people and it does mean I am grateful grateful am I but it also means I acknowledge Ani Maide Ani I acknowledge myself I acknowledge that there's a pure essence behind everything my thoughts don't define me, my history doesn't define me, my dreams don't define me. There's a me. This is all happening. But then we said, in order to do that, we have to calm our mind, because our mind gets in the way of us just experiencing our pure self. So we gave lots of different techniques to calm our mind, including calming our senses in order to calm our mind. And now we're going to the next stage, which is not just being alone, which is very important, and revealing your soul, but the purpose of being alone and revealing your soul is really to be alone with Hashem. The purpose of re re revealing your soul is to reveal Hashem, have a real relationship with Hashem from a very, very deep level within yourself. <clears throat> just to be alone, just you and Hashem. And for that you need to get all of the voices out of your head and just be you sitting there experiencing Hashem. Now, yeah, Apart from Hashem. Apart from Hashem. Thanks. Um, so if we're trying to define what our soul is in order to understand it, how what boundaries can we implement like, to say this is me, this is me, like uh, the line? We say that your soul is your personal part of Hashem. So in a way it doesn't have a boundary, really. But it's the place that experiences everything else. What do I mean by that? You aren't your thoughts. We agreed on that. And you aren't your emotions, and you aren't your, your memories, and you aren't your desires. So if you aren't any of those things, you're the one that was experiencing all of those things. There's even a level of you which was judging all of those things. That's still not you. Because you can watch that judging of... You can even go further and further and further and further and back into yourself where you just get to pure consciousness. And that pure consciousness you can't really... doesn't have boundaries necessarily. It does a bit. You have your neshama. I have my neshama. But by the way, if you go even further back into your neshama, we get to the higher levels of your neshama, the chaya and the yechida, where we don't even have boundaries between us. And then there's just Hashem. But we're not going to get there today. So, something that lots of people talk about is Devekas. Devekut. Devekut comes from the word Dabek. What does that mean? Stick. To stick. The modern Hebrew word for a sticker is, is Madbeka. And the modern Hebrew word for glue is Devek. 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 See, we want to try and stick to Hashem. We 
when we really try and get over our whole sense of self as separate from Hashem, and just get to ourself as I'm literally I'm, I'm sticking to Hashem. So now, what's the, lots of people when you hear the word devakas get this idea that what is devakas? Devakas is you just lose all bodily consciousness. Very famous story of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe is the first Rebbe of Chabad. And he was walking down the stairs, and his wife called up the stairs. The guests are here! At which point he fell down the stairs. I told that story last time. So we think that's what Devekis is. But hopefully I said last time that Devekis is any time that you are thinking about Hashem. Anytime you just think about Hashem, then that's called you're with Hashem. Like if you get obsessed with a, a woman. You, got, you ever got obsessed, obsessed with a woman? Mm-hmm. And you just can't stop thinking about them. You just think about them all day, every day. When you go to sleep, when you wake up. I wish I was with her. Pardon? It's poisonous. It's poisonous. No, it's not. Well, not necessarily. If it's stopping you getting things done. <laughs> You're getting too from too quickly for me, man. You need, to, you need to get out of your shiva. So here we go. So watch this. Yeah, maybe. If you can, then you should. So watch this. Did we read from this book last time? Sharim Betfila? Pardon? In this class, we started. Okay, very, very wonderful book, Shaim Betfila, by Rav Shimshon Pinchas. And really, there's several different types of prayer. There's not just one type. You're going to know which prayer to use in which situation. Like there are different sorts of martial arts. And there's different sorts. So you've got to know what prayer you're meant to be using. And one of the forms of prayer is called Rina. And Rina means joyous song, really, joyful prayer. And listen to this, it's very important, because we've been talking about getting deeper and deeper into your soul and reveal your soul. So this is what he says. Hasimcha, simcha, joy, but it's not joy like we know, but simcha, eino achaz mi nefesh umikra hakaireba. Joy isn't one of the activities of your soul or something that happens to you. It's not even a faculty of the soul, it's not something you're using and and something that happens. Really, it is the essence of your soul. Your soul is simcha. Your soul is made up of joy. If you were to just reveal your soul, the whole makeup of your soul is simcha. Cool, no? Which means your natural state of being is simcha. Which he goes on to say this. When there's nothing getting in the way, you're happy. Now we know that. You know that. When everything's going well, you're happy, really. When you're not having negative thoughts, you're happy. Your natural state of being is simple. Fair? How do you know that? Because you look at babies. 
Babies are cool. Mm-hmm. Only when there's something wrong. When they're hungry or they did something in the diaper or something is uncomfortable. When they're uncomfortable or in their pain or their tooth is hurt or something bad, then they cry. But not, if not that, then they're pretty chilled. They're like... They're like living in a world of wonder and joy. And then they feel a bit angry, so then they cry. But as soon as you feed them, they stop crying and they call. Pardon? Don't mention that. Don't mention that word in my class. <laughs> this is a yeshiva. So you feed the you feel feed the child after he's angry. The child's not sitting there being like, "I bet my friends have nicer bottles than me." Why did it, Why did it take them so long to feed me? That's, that means I'm not worthy. They're not doing that. They're just cool again. When you change their diaper, they're not like, oh, that was so stinky, I hope no one smelled that, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Children don't do that. They're just like, okay, I'm cool now. Children are cool, babies are cool. Babies are cool. And then they start getting an ego and a sense of self and stuff, and then they stop being cool. What if we never develop a sense of ego? Or no, you should develop a very healthy sense of self. Why As, because they mean like a three-year-old. Yeah. I don't know why people say, "Wow, he's sleeping like a baby." I don't get that. Then mommy's screaming all night. Yeah. He's sleeping like a baby. What? That means he's waking up every two hours screaming. What? Yeah, that's better. Fine. So when you take away all the staff, when you take away all the stuff getting in the way of your happiness, then you're going to be happy. We've said this before, if you get rid of your jealousy, doubt, fear, anger, guilt, low self-esteem, if you get all of those things, how would you feel? You're great, full of vitality, you'd be great. So you've just got to clear everything away and then you'd experience simcha. And in fact, it's so deep that any moment of the day when you're not experiencing simcha, it means there's something covering up your soul. You're thinking the wrong thing, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, young man. Noah, God clearly says that man's natural state is... It didn't say man's natural state. Yetzer Adam. Your Yetzer is not your natural state. You have a nature and you have a Yetzer. So by nature, you are happy. You have a negative... Actually, my daughter is getting very excited for her bat mitzvah. In a year and three months. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> but she's getting excited for her wedding as well, which is in like. <laughs> which is in at least two or three years. So. <laughs> so she's very excited. Yeah, I sold her off already. So. Hi. So I said to her, what's the greatest thing you get? What's the greatest gift you're going to get for your bat mitzvah? 
Greatest gift you get at your bar mitzvah is your yetzatav. You, you don't have a yetzatav until your bar mitzvah. So how do you ever do anything nice until then? Because you have a tevatav. A tevatav, a good nature. So as long as your good nature is overriding your yetzahara, your negative inclination, then you'll be okay. But once you've got bar and bat mitzvah, because your, your evil inclination gets stronger, Hashem gives you a good one to fight it. That's when the battle begins. That's what a bar and bat mitzvah really is. It's, that's when the real battle begins. Yeah. No, when you turn 13, you're bar mitzvah. At 13, you get your yetzatav. So this is your natural state of being. Hanefesh ne'etzlahim alayim zayelyainim. That's all he needed to hear. Is my mission enlightened? Your soul was formed from the higher worlds. Shekol metziyotam hu hatevashlemaz v'tanu shalkadusha. The whole nature of the soul is perfect pleasure of holiness. That's your nature. Connected, joyful, peaceful. And it all comes from Simcha. Simcha. Yes. Is it your soul's natural state that's a little like that? Yes, your soul's natural state is immense simcha. Um, in Strike Retreat it says it's the world's natural state. Um, also, the natural state of being is everything's good. Everything's okay. Bereshi's bara elokim In the beginning of Hashem created, bara is related to the word bari. Bari means healthy. Hashem created you healthy. Created everything healthy. But what about people who are born not healthy? Their soul is still healthy. There's always a healthy... You can't damage your soul. You can cover up your soul, but you can't damage it. You can spread mud on it so it doesn't shine. But if you take the mud off, it will shine. <coughs> it's always shining. Your soul's cool. Your soul's cool. It's just that we very rarely feel our soul, or listen to our soul, or live through our soul. So that's what we did. All these classes are, let's try and... Here, we're basically trying to turn up the volume of our natural state of joy and connection and turn down the volume of our negativity and stuff. Ignorance is bliss. Is ignorance is absolutely not bliss at all. Ignorance is ignorance. Is ignorant. ignorant. Let's say there's poison in a cup and you're like, well, ignorance is bliss. Uh, okay. You're gonna die. But you're just rejecting something that you know. There's poison in there. It's no, let's say you didn't know. Let's say I put poison in your tea tomorrow morning, and no one ever told you, and you were completely ignorant, and you drank it. The, the ignorant is not bliss. Ignorant is stupid. Just don't tell me that not kosher food is spiritually bad for me. Ignorance is bliss. No, it's not. You're stupid. You're so you're not living within the realm of what reality that, that is. You're kind of distancing yourself from those things that are getting in the way of being in a state of happiness. I don't understand that. You're, it's being in a state of ignorance is another way of 
distancing yourself from those factors. Oh, you're talking about the negative factors. Yeah. But ignorance is not helping you tap into the positive ones either. Unless you're saying, I'm going to be ignorant of everything negative and only focus on the positive, then I agree, that's great, do that. I'm into that. Focus on the good. Isn't the poison in your tea that you put into the cup tomorrow? Isn't that negative? I put it in this morning. Oh. Vihine, Hashem le'negdi Thinking about Hashem, Shvit, you know, Shviti Hashem le'negdi tamin. Shviti Hashem le'negdi tamin means basically I'm always, I basically thinking about Hashem the whole time, always. Someone said to me the other day, I, I had a meeting, and he's like, I'm sorry I kept you, you came 10 minutes late. I'm sorry I kept you waiting. I said, I wasn't waiting. I was thinking about Hashem. I don't wait. I never wait. I haven't waited once in the last 10 years. I learn Torah, or I think about Hashem, until the thing. I, what are you doing? I'm waiting for the bus. No, what are you doing? I'm thinking about Hashem, until the bus comes. We don't wait. Jews don't wait. Yeah, or I'm I'm davening for my wife, or I'm saying to him until the baby comes. I'm not just sitting there being like. Even I think gave you the example the other day. I know you guys don't do this, but imagine like uploading a photo to WhatsApp or something. Do you watch that circle going around? What an idiot! Well, not you know what I mean. Why are you watching that circle going around? So I know the exact second it uploaded. Why? Why? You've just wasted like twenty seconds. What do you? Is it making it go around faster? I don't. But if it's urgent, watching it is not going to make it any better. But you, what you? What? What? Amazing. So watch this. Watch it going round, but as you as it's going round, you should be saying like Hashem Hu Elokim, 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 Hashem Hu Elokim. The main, my main focus of my activity is I'm now thinking about Hashem. As long as you're thinking about Hashem, you're cool. And by the way, it's a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah to Raisa, to think about Hashem. You can never think, I, I don't have a mitzvah to do. Just thinking about Hashem is a mitzvah. Yeah? No, I was just going to say, that you can't But you can watch the thing going around and think about Hashem. That's what I'm saying. You're not waiting if you think about Hashem. That's not right. Yeah. It's a mitzvah to think about Hashem. What do you think about Hashem? Either you could just think about how wondrous the creation is. You could just be like, wow, the sun's pretty cool. You know how amazing the sun is? Do you know how far away the sun is? What? 93 million. So how fast does a Boeing 747 fly? How fast? Fast. How fast? How fast? What? Mach, Mach Give me miles an hour here, man. 500 miles an hour? Okay, let's say, hello, watch. 
500 miles an hour. Good? Fair? Yeah. About. 500. How far away is... How, okay, 523 miles an hour. Right. How far away is the sun? 93 million miles. How long would it take to fly to the sun on a Boeing 747? About 19 years. 19 years! It would take 19 years! So you think flying from here to LA is a long time. You're like, Ugh, 18 hours? I can't be... It would take you 19 years to fly to the sun. I want you to understand something. The sun warms up your face from 93 million miles away. That that's sick. That's, that's unbelievable. That's an un Do you understand that that's an unbelievable thing? If Let's say it's a dark night. It's nighttime. And you feel heat on your face. 700, beautiful. So you feel heat on your face. It's nighttime, you're feeling heat on your face. What do you know for sure that that heat source is within 30 meters? Unless it's a huge... It's got to be within 30 meters. It's warming up your face. It's got to, there's no heat source on the face of the earth. Maybe a volcano. But even that, it's got to be within half a mile, let's say. There is something that is 93 million miles away. And it could burn you. That's sick. On a very cold day, you cross over the street to get out of the to get onto the sunny side of the street as you're warm. Where's that come? 93 million. Taking 19 years to get there and it's making you warm. It could burn your face. That's an unbelievable ball of energy in the sky. Where did that come from? It's not what Hashem is. You don't even get what Hashem is. There's a big ball of fire that can burn you from 93. Three million miles away. And that's nothing for Hashem. The sun is nothing. For Hashem, it's not like, Ooh, it's I got burned myself. Rabbi, there was recently an burst of radiation that hit the atmosphere from a star that was basically on the other side of the galaxy. And had it been like any closer, it probably would have died as well. Did you feel anything? I didn't feel anything. Yeah, I felt that. That's it? Yeah, it's hard. <sighs> 93 million miles away. Sick. 93 million miles. Just burn your face. But if you get a magnifying glass, you can <laughs> make a fire. Where did that come from? So that, that's what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing with your thoughts. You'll be like, oh, I wish that this was a... Someone took my parking space and I'm not good enough. And I... I'm not doing that. I'm like, 93 million miles away! Awesome! And then, that's what, just to give you a little insight into how my mind works here. <laughs> I've been training it for many years. So just thinking about Hashem. By the way, you could just, this is the most powerful thing you could ever say, I think. Just say these five words. If you say these five words 20 times a day, Hashem, I know you're here. That's it. Hashem, I know you're here. Oh. <laughs> when you go to bed at night, you say bedtime Shema. You put your cover, you put your head on the pillow, you cover yourself, and just before you go to sleep, just say, Hashem, I know you're here. Or, good night, Hashem. 
Hey, can I, do you ever say Do you ever say good Shabbos to Hashem? Shabbos. No, but do you do that? Why don't you? Hashem made Shabbos, dude. Shabbos, Hashem. Hey, Hashem, good Shabbos, man. Hey, Hashem. Hashem, good Shabbos. Where are you going for Shabbos? And Hashem's like, I'm going everywhere, son. I'm Think about Hashem, it's fun. Think about Hashem. I've got nothing to do. Think about Hashem then. You've never got nothing to do. You've never got nothing to do. Ever. You can never be bored. My favorite quote, if you're bored, you're boring. If you are bored, you are boring. I'm bored. Really? You've learned every instrument and every language on the face of the planet. You've traveled everywhere. You've read every book. You're bored? Really? You're just boring then. My kids have stopped saying I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored. I really been yelling. Okay, I'm not bored. I'm not bored. Ow, stop it. <laughs> You're bored? I'm bored. I'm not bored. I'm never bored. I can't imagine how you could be bored. I just can't imagine it. How could you be bored? What does that even mean to I'd like to scientifically work out what is boredom. I've just got nothing to do. Really? You've got nothing to do? you learned the whole of the Rambam already? No, but I find that boring. So you've done the exercise? Boring. Really? Anything? You can't find anything that would make you not bored? I don't remember, I don't remember what it feels like to be bored. Alright, so that's what we're trying to do, trying to think about Hashem a lot. And that way, how are we putting this all together? Simcha and Hashem really go hand in hand. Simcha and soul, your pure essence, and if you can get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper inside you, then you're just going to be in a, in a state of Simcha. But what's making you happy? The answer is, if something's making you happy, it's not really called simcha. If you need a reason, it's not called simcha. Simcha is a state. You just got to get rid of all the reasons that you're not happy. I saw a sign on a, someone's house in America once. There are, ma- there are many beautiful reasons to be happy. I told them to take it down. I said, that's not true. If you need a reason, then it's not really called happy. Because <laughs> if it goes and you're not happy, that means you were never really happy. It means you had something making you feel good for a bit. You don't need a reason to be happy. You need to get rid of all the stuff that's getting in the way of your happiness. I didn't really tell them to take it down. They put it up in the restaurant. Don't say that word in this classroom. A restaurant.